The following podcast is an audio version of a live show that takes place daily on Crowdcast. To join our live audience, visit our Crowdcast website at crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That's crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. Live button and I'll do a poll. I'm tired. Whew. Um, and we're live. It is Friday, October 15th, 2021, 5.01 p.m. Eastern Time, because Ben is back, I am back, and we're putting up a poll. It's cheese night. I brought cheese. I brought is, whiskey. I did not bring any cheese to cheese night today because I'm my, a bad this is, person. This is my new evergreen thing that Whoa. I keep in the fridge. It's marinated feta and chili peppers and rosemary and oil and chunks of feta and fresh garlic. And it just like sits in my fridge. And every time I like want to dip a piece of bread in something, I just like take it out and smear it on. And it's incredibly good. It sounds really nice. Yeah, it's really, I um, highly recommend it. So um, what we're is not the, allowed to have fun anymore. What was that? But we are allowed to put up a poll, which was supposed to be, oh, the audio. Yeah, are you using the audio edition of In Lieu of Fun? Um, how was Paul last night, by the way? I also haven't listened Paul to Paul was great. That was fun. We had a good discussion of, of uh, cybersecurity monocultures. And uh, we also talked about uh, John Eastman. So we, we had a good we had a good time. Um, uh, who's John Eastman? You know, the uh, the lawyer for oh. the planned coup. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry, of course. I um, um, Who's the guy? Oh, Eastman Kodak. That's what I was thinking. Sorry. Yeah, it's John Eastman Kodak. <laughs> very, very tired. My brain is like, I'm, I um, woke up the other night for a very long day at 2.30 in the morning. And was trying to go back to sleep for the entire hey, Kate, night. What? That's too early to get up in the morning. I know it is. You even for Lisa uh, Page. You have to stop that. I woke up and I tried to get back to sleep for four hours. And normally how I do this is by reading. And this is going to sound really weird. No, don't tell anyone that I do this. Reading but uh, No, it's reading Wikipedia it pages for found missing persons. So like... I like to read about like all of the people who have gone mysteriously missing. It's like, I don't know why. And then they've like been found or ne sometimes never found or if I'm feeling adventurous. But what I realized is that I've done this for the past like 550 days or whatever with John next to me in bed. So I'm never like anxious or whatever, but I was away from home. And so I was by myself in a hotel and I just scared the shit out of myself. <laughs> for like five hours and then i just had to get up and it was a terrible idea it was really terrible <laughs> um so i wouldn't recommend that i was like maybe there's someone under this bed i have no idea i, was, I just uh, i just yeah. want to point out though that um uh uh you should um i'm putting up the poll you should not uh get up that early in the morning um, um yes just saying um 
Okay. Uh, and GDF is here. Hold on. There you go. Oh, let's right. bring her on. I wonder if Luke is with her. And Nina is poking me in the leg. Everyone's got demands. Life Cole is good. Yeah. Nina. Oh, God. You're very tickly. Um, Genevieve. Uh, so do we have an agenda for this night's cheese night? Um, cheese? Uh... Hi! Hi, the diva's not joining me today. The diva? Is that his name now? Is that <laughs> uh, what we call well, him? I mean, it alternates between diva and monster, depending on how good he's being. <laughs> that sounds like Loki. I know. I know, uh, I know yeah. a, a, a friend who uh, calls his infant Alsha Baby. <laughs> One of my friends at when uh, at her wedding, her dad said that they called her Leona Helmsley for the first three years of her <laughs> life. They're like, oh, Leona's awake. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. He's not that bad. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, uh, so, you're spelling Nina's name correctly, April. It's N-E-N-A. It's weird. So He's do the we, snuggliest dog. So what's on the agenda today for, for, for discussion on Cheese Night? I have a Luke-related uh, question, if everyone would entertain it. A what-related question? A Luke-related question. Oh, excellent. What should he be for Halloween? That's the show. That's the show right there. I think what Luke should be for Halloween, that is... And we are taking audience suggestions. If you have a suggestion, uh, flag it in the ask a question box. Kate will zap... Nina will zap you on the screen. And we can talk about what you think that Luke should be for Halloween. This is our producer now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Except when Luke, the diva, shows up to. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have to come up with a better name than the diva. It's just that it, it, we're I on like his the time. diva. Yeah. Um. Okay. You know, I know you just want to be up here because you there's cheese up here. But, <laughs> um. Okay. Oh yeah. What if? What if we? Oh. I ordered you a dog shirt, and so it should be coming. It's going to be too big. But what if we make him go as Ben for Halloween? <laughs> and we amazing. give him little eyebrows, and there's one gray, like, eyebrow, and then there's, like, I, like Wait a, a minute. Then Why don't, what if I we send this. What if we make and him go as And he's going to be bald. No. Um, no. Could, it's, it is much closer to make a baby look like an older man <laughs> than like, like they are very close in resemblance. I think we can make, we could dress the baby up as KK. We can, uh, we can give Luke overalls. Um, and, um, and, you know, a brightly colored, uh, uh, that, that shirt from Montana that Kate wears sometimes. Oh, the uh, one that, that the, the giant one. The giant one that for like a, it's an extra 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 large and um and the sleeves like go down to your ankles if you don't <laughs> roll them up. <laughs> I like that shirt. Um and uh, yeah, and I, uh I I'm think there's more than one costume, you guys. We could do a week of costumes. I will provide photos because I don't know if he'll behave, <laughs> but it's <laughs> amazing. I love that. Hi Nina. Oh, Mateo, a baby cannon would be cool. Oh, a baby, a baby coming, a baby how firing from a baby a, cannon. How do you dress a baby up as a baby cannon? You make it a cannon that is firing a baby. So it is a baby cannon. 
Oh, that's funny. Get it? Well, yeah. yes, I get it. But you know, <laughs> you're, you're going back to the very uh, offensively disgusting, rude, original meaning of the term baby cannon, which I only learned when I named baby cannon as such. And lots of people uh, thought I was being foul. Oh, was I have like, no idea what that is. Good. I'll, I'll, I'll urban dictionary it. Yeah, I it's, need, I it's, don't want it. it's I just really like uh, unnecessary. Um, no, we're not oh, shooting babies. Oh, we're oh, not shooting I babies. I understand. Oh, I got it. okay. Uh, oh, you're the baby kid. <laughs> 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 too much, too much. Sorry, that's it. That's as far as we're going. Yeah. But I, I do like the idea of making it. Okay, maybe you're right. Okay, maybe. Yeah, I right. don't think you wow. want to play in way those to waters. Ruin, way to ruin I'm that just thing. helping, guys. You ruined you know, it. No, because if you didn't hear that from me and there was going to be, there was a costume can you imagine like Twitter, how Twitter would have pointed this out? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, maybe we can, it can be baby Prosecco. <laughs> There's, I like I that. Feel like that would make a certain sweet. Shannon Mercer very happy. I'm writing all these could... down. So Ben, Kate, baby Prosecco. <laughs> a little self-serving, aren't we? <laughs> like, little ego, ego maniacal. Wait, what about Scott? Oh Scott, <laughs> we'll have we'll have a PowerPoint presentation next to him. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know, and you'd have to have like him smashing a inclusive legal positivist. I don't know how you visualize that. Rick Rick Grinnell. Um, <laughs> there is a, 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 I don't know what else. Baby chipmunk. Oh, that's cute, actually. That would be very cute. Because it's like everyone, so pumpkin is also something that I've been highly told to do um, by interested grandmothers. And <laughs> I'm like, we can get better. We can do better than a pumpkin. More, more than one? Interested uh, no, just, just one. But my mom has such strong opinions that like there's, <laughs> she gets multiple. <laughs> multiple, multiple yeah. disproportionate vote counting. Yeah, yeah. um, my parents, I think I showed this in your class. Oh, no, maybe I didn't because I didn't teach in the fall. But um, my parents dressed me up as they thought this was freaking hilarious as two lawyers dressed me up as a tiny little convict with a paper with like a black <laughs> and white stripes. And my birthday is like my number and a little hat. And then they put like a little paper mache ball and chain on my ankle. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> I like yeah. that though. That is funny. It was pretty cute. Hold on. Let me see if I can find the picture. Um, it's here somewhere. Um, but I love this. Let's, uh, I'm gonna bring people on in a second. My parents, the first costume I think they did for me was like I was a pea in a pod, so it was like I had three very large green balls attached to like a green jumpsuit, and they were like. Do you oh. remember it? No, <laughs> not at all. But there's photographic evidence, which is the only reason I know it. So here's the question that's bugging me until Kate uh, brings on people to go back to the costume issue. So far, we have only five votes for people who were using the audio edition of In Lieu of Fun. And I don't know whether that means that there are other people who are listening to it who don't watch the show, or whether it means that there's no reason for me to be doing it every day. 
I feel like you should post a Twitter poll because I, I, I do think that that's correct. I mean, if you're watching it live, how often are you going to go back and re-listen to the audio? But I've sort of always assumed it was like going to be used by people who, uh, you know, watch it regularly, but then they miss a day. So they listen to it. Um, but now I'm just wondering if it's a waste of my time. Um, I mean, nothing is a waste of your time, Ben. There are like, even if one more person gets to listen to the audio of In Lua Fun, it has not been a waste. Um, I'm being minorly sarcastic there. But no, I think that it might be a waste of your time. Like, what do you, do you have like, are you, do you think like, how many would it have to be that listen to it for it to be worth it for you? Well, I don't know. I mean, like if there were people who got in touch and said, um, hey, I don't, I really can't let's watch it live on a regular basis. And so the, and sitting in front of YouTube for an hour is uh, not gonna happen, but I, I like listening to it when I go running. Like that, that's uh, uh, um, plausible to like, I, I think it, we should make it available by as many means as we can, but um, I'm not really sure but only if people are using them, which is why we cut the Facebook feed. Does Apple tell you how many people are listening to the episodes? So Apple, you can't learn from Apple, but um, but we do know we have download numbers from the okay. podcast subscribers. It's about 10,000 downloads a month. So it's, you know, 350 people in the last 24 hours. Um, it's it's not a trivial number, but it's not, you know, it's not a large stream either. But then again, the entire stream of people listen, watching or listening to the show isn't particularly large. So um, I don't know. I'll keep um, doing it, guys. Uh, um, but I think that everybody here should listen uh, 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 to all the episodes they miss live on the on on this, so that I feel better about it. Just okay. saying. Let's see if this works. Because it's hurting Please. my feelings. Wait, really? No. No. <laughs> I believed you. All, all you. But all you have to do is threaten to have your feelings hurt, and Kate will get concerned. I know it's very true. It's It's like a very awful thing to take advantage of, but it's the mere whiff of somebody's having his feelings hurt, and Kate's like, "No, really." I don't. Well, I don't like hurting people's feelings. That reminds me of a very one of this. Okay, have you guys read the bad art friend story? No. No. Should I? I'm a bad art friend. I don't know what that means, but I'm sure I am one. No, so, oh my God, how could you not have read this story? It's been going around Twitter for for ages. It's a New York Times story about two women, both of whom were short story, not particularly successful short story uh, uh, authors, and were in a Facebook group together because they'd been at a similar workshop together. And um, one of the women... Uh, who seems to be a certain sort of person, decided to donate one of her kidneys anonymously to a random person. 
and to like donate her kidney. And so now you might be like being like, oh, this is the thing that I've heard about. about Yes, I, I have heard about it. I heard this is a kidney donation story in which the kidney donor turns out to be the bad guy. No, it's well, this is why this is like it's a litmus test. OK, so maybe we should do a poll. But like, so let me just like quickly summarize the story. So this one woman, her name is John, is the co- kidney donor. She posts about it on Facebook, tells the whole story about going through and giving like a kidney donation, encourages others to do organ donation, posts in this group about organ donation, notices that like very few people um, like or comment on it. And, you know, just kind of takes it in stride. But like a little weird that you're kind of like want this adulation and you've done this altruistic thing like for this type of thing. Right. So like, meanwhile, this Every other time woman. I've ever donated a kidney, um, I have not <laughs> sought adulation for it, um, merely financial compensation. So the so this other woman in the in the group who was friendly with Don ish, apparently according to Don, or Don considered her a friend. She like basically didn't consider Don a friend. Um, ended up writing a short story about a white woman who and like. Sonia, the woman who writes this story, uses the exact language that Don uses in the Facebook, like in the Facebook uh, post about her kidney donation, because she thinks it is like too perfect and she couldn't make it up. And literally there. So what happens is Don and Sonia try to resolve this. Don becomes very, very hurt that she's written an entire short story and won an award for it and is presenting over it. And it's like literally about Dawn and feels like, and it is like not a very nice story, Mm. right? And like this person has done like you, it's not great to seek adulation for like selfless acts, but she's still done a selfless act. And like, but also this woman Sonia is kind of just seems like a bully. Like she's just like written this entire story. And like more than that, she has like legitimately taken the words of another person and like not quoted them like as so a quote. So she plagiarized but, like, a kidney transplant. Like, but that's part of this entire thing is like, is this a story about plagiarism and who owns the story and whose rights of publicity are there like are at stake and like what are all of the various types of like what are the various like maybe legal or ethical obligations here and then like what ends up happening is don ends up suing sonia for this kind of like defamation of character and all this stuff and all of these things come out in which it is becomes all of these text messages and all of these exchanges with all of the women private exchanges with women in the chat come out in which she like openly contemplates and talks shit about Dawn and like Ooh. is fomenting all this mean stuff in this group and then like is also openly like I should change the words of this thing but it's too good I'm just gonna take it and like this is like so this is why like this is why it has been like the what color is the dress type of yeah. thing is it gold or blue or yeah. is it black and white like the it has become this kind of like litmus test of like are you team don or are you team sonia or the rogue element is like it's not a dress at all it's actually a very ex- long shirt or something like that <laughs> which is basically like it's actually a story like, about a male it... author who wrote this really catty awful story that made two women both look horrible I can't, and like that's I, like I the kind this. of med- so that i'm is- team scott shapiro in this what is his take 
Well, I have no idea, but it just seems to me like like he would have some perfectly, uh, 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 you know, take that would make fun of everybody involved in, and it would be like one sentence long. So I have like almost this exact story. Well, I think it's exact. When I was in law school, I was living with a bunch of other law students, like by my third year. And one of the women I was living with, who I was like close, I considered a friend and like was, I was like nice to her, I wasn't like best friends with her, but we were like living together and we'd known each other for a, for a while and she was not, like fine. Asked if I, she could borrow some of my clothes for Halloween. And I was like, sure. And she picked out like a bunch of random stuff that I didn't really think went together. A lot of like stuff that I had. And she went out to the party that she was going to go to, like a law school party I hadn't been invited to or I wasn't, didn't want to go to or something. And I she found out. She goes you? Yeah. I found See, out. See, it's just what I'm urging on Genevieve for Luke. Yeah. No, but this is why I'm mentioning this because it actually was like. Yeah, but that's really like, mean. It was really mean. She yeah. walked around the party. Like I had helped her like put yeah. her costume together and like lent her my clothes. And then she like went as me and was like, I'm Kate Klonick, ha ha ha, isn't it funny? And like everyone at the party was like, ha. And it was just like, I, I was like, yikes. Like, but it was like one of those, like finding out that everyone in the class got invited to a birthday party and you <laughs> you didn't and get And somebody invited. else went dressed as you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somebody else went dressed. So so, like, but every time I've gone to a party, a costume party as Kate, people have taken it totally differently. And so I just think <laughs> if we're, you know, they, they've taken it in the spirit in which it's meant. Uh, like, I was like, when you go as a Lisa Page puppet, that was like an homage. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was like, right. That was, I mean, that people was, that understood was like, that, that was, that was like, Intent is love. important. Intent is yes. important. Intent is That's important. Right. But like, man, it was, so I was like, yeah, I've had my... I kind of am like a little bit more team Dawn on this one, even though I think her suit was like totally over the line and like this was really dumb. And she kind of like went off the deep end with it. Uh, I, I do think that there was like this bullying aspect and kind of, but anyways, what are what is your impulse? I mean, the first question I thought, and this is just what, how law school changes your brain is was the Facebook group public? Could pe other people see it? Did you have to join it in it order to have access Facebook to it? Group. You had yeah. to join. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I I think that when you get the context, but she had posted in a completely public way to yeah. everyone about the kidney donation and then reposted it in the group. So if you were friends Godwin with her, had strong feelings about this. Ooh, we should Wait, have them come talk, talk about say? them. Okay, hold on. I'm putting I don't know, but questions. DNL yeah. thinks he's right, so. Um, um, which bad art friend do you side with? Uh, why am I capitalizing all these words? I don't know. Dawn uh, is like bizarre. Um, Dawn, who is the kidney donor? And then and is the author. Sonia, who is the author? Um, and I'm not adding a third option because I think it's important that we first get a litmus test of this. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I don't anyways. like, I don't like the mean girl aspect of like the text messages and like the, well, this and is why the Ben is mocking. Of it. Yeah. And this is why Ben is teasing of like, did I make someone feel bad and how I always react because I really like, I like have been, I felt bad 
and people made me feel bad, not cared. So I never want to make people feel bad. It's a bad thing. It's not nice. Anyways, that's a very sophisticated comment from me. Um, so like I'm going to bring in uh, my Godwin now. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, this woman went on to work at like some horrible, like is like some horrible, like billionaire partner at like a capital investing firm and like lives outside of Boston with her 2.5 children and like whatever. So I don't know. <laughs> Crossing off the metrics. Yeah. Um, that's your curse. If you go from, if you go as me as Halloween, you have to, you're going to end up living outside of Boston and having a soulless job. <laughs> Hi, Mike. <laughs> nice Hi, how are you? So uh, where's the, I'm missing the part of the poll question where I get to vote for Janet Malcolm. <laughs> Who's that? Yeah, they're not old enough to know who you're talking about. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> Janet Malcolm is a New Yorker um, a reporter who was... Uh, recently dead. Uh, recently dead. She recently died. But she, uh, you know, she's been, she was sued uh, and uh, for writing an article about other people who've been, other writers who've been sued. You know, and, and about actually talking about the fact that when you are a writer, in, in, in her case, a, a reporter, but also, you know, writers aren't your friends. You know, people who are, you know, reporters are not, you may be friends with a reporter, but you don't, you should not assume that because you are, you know, you move in the same circles as a reporter that they're going to, you know, if you're part of a story, the fact is they... You know, you may not have control over that story. And I think that's true for fiction writers, too. So I am more inclined to go on the Sonia side. But also, I mean. Said like a I, copyright scholar, too. My Godwin, Jesus. Oh, the copyright, the copyright scholar piece is just uh, e easy enough. I think that uh, let's just assume for the sake of the argument, the facts and the light most favorable to the plaintiff. Uh, I, I think it's a transformative fair use. Uh, do you? Oh yeah. Even course, though it's like it's almost not... exactly her story, do you think just well, writing but it it's makes not it her story. But but the thing is, it's not her story. It's actually a story about a fictional character, in which uh, she, in which the author Sonia, I guess is her name, the author uh, 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 lifted a real life text and placed it in the context of a fictional story. So it's not really about. It's not uh, it's not recasting the letter itself. It's about, uh, you know, using it as an element in a, in a fictional work. So, so I don't are think you, there's any defamation you saying, or misrepresentation piece to it. And I so think are you saying, copyright Mike, piece, that, are you saying that as a matter of copyright law, there's no such thing as cultural appropriation? But I, I can just oh, take I'm your life. Sure I, I will always I'm pretty sure I'll always <laughs> say that. Man. I can yeah. just take your life and add it to my fiction and you're just screwed well that's not cultural appropriation unless you think i represent culture which i'm going to deny yes uh, that's true mike is i was just representing was culture. Very, I, it was the only joke i could make on the spot with the word appropriation I, dude. I, as you, the you, you gotta give say, I, i'm the essence of nia culture so i'm not really <laughs> i don't know I don't you've really done qualify. you've done you've you've performed shakespeare uh well some people would say no <laughs> <laughs> Did Some you know, speaking of, of Russian performances of Shakespeare, that for many Russians, um, 
Hamlet actually can just never live up to Gamliet, which is the uh, the great uh, translation of of Hamlet into Russian. They, that they're actually always a little bit disappointed with with the original. Uh, I didn't actually know that, but who was the translator? Was it like Pushkin or somebody? Who I believe it is Pushkin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, that this guy. Is a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, now we're just, tra now you're just drilling down into what little tr trivial pursuit knowledge I might have about this issue. Well, uh, but, but let me Russian? just, let me just unpack the story a little bit because I want to tell you my own reaction was initially, you know, if I, if somebody had taken my emails, for example, and transplanted them into some fictional piece, I would certainly want, I would be upset about it. I would be irritated about it. And so I sympathize with that piece of it, even if ultimately the use I would have to say as a copyright uh, analyst, I would have to say maybe it's transformative fair use, even if I am uncomfortable with it. But I think that uh, I think that what you see as you read the whole story is that there really is there really is another side to this. And, um, you know, I, I, there was something a, a bit creepy about the kidney donor. I mean, maybe you yes. don't agree. No, no, I do. I mean, but, but like, I don't think that we have a word for like what was creepy about the kidney donor or a succinct way of saying what. And I think that there was something the story touched on that is true in society about like why we don't really like why it, why it kind of strikes you as weird that someone would do something like this and then was there like a narcissism quality to it yeah, yeah. no it's the narcissism the narcissism of small organ donations <laughs> but i mean I, I and perhaps this is a little off topic but i kind of felt that way with a lot of the mission trips that people i knew on went into when i was in college because they would always come back with photographs of with themselves posing oh, the, with children like the, yeah and it really right. bothered me and so yes. it was like it's one thing if you're going I, but then your facebook's covered with you and all these children who are very much in need and i'm glad you're helping them but like it's like a self-publicity thing it's yeah yeah it's a signaling thing yeah, but I think Don, I think Don, you know, in extremis, right? I mean, oh, for yeah. Don, it became part of her personal narrative, and uh, and 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 I can see why Sonia was really struck by how extreme, you know, the focus on, you know, on on uh, the 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 importance of the donation was, you know, and how. It seemed to be a kind of a weird, uh, I don't want to say virtue signaling because that word belongs somewhere else, but a kind of a weird self-validation, you know, uh, exercise. Yeah, I think that's right. Wait, who is this woman that I was supposed to look up and you were telling us about that just recently died? Uh, Janet Malcolm. Oh, yeah. the The writer. Wait, why is yes. she like Dawn? Did you explain that and I missed it? No, she's she's not. She's like Sonia. Oh, would she just, oh, she just took people's stories. Okay, I got it. Okay, well, it's, not, it's not just that. It's not just that she wrote about the fact that she actually was writing in defense of um, another writer who had uh, tried to do a true crime book about someone he thought was being uh, railroaded for a murder. And then he came to believe as he investigated the case that the guy really was the murderer. And so he had had access to the defendant, 
you know, who was uh, convicted and then was on appeal. He had plenty of access. And as he had access, he changed his mind. He didn't tell his source that he had changed his mind uh, for this book that he was writing. And so. Uh, and Janet uh, Malcolm, how does Janet Malcolm come in? She just wrote his story. She, she wrote like, a. Scooped she, him? She, she, no, no, no. She wrote a story about the dispute between the original writer and the and the defendant. I'll get you the names. I'm, it's Friday, so I can't quite put my name, put my finger on every name, but somebody will remember them in a minute. Is that? Yeah. Jeffrey, yes. Yeah, Jeffrey, somebody, right. In defense of writers, though, because, I, I mean, this is something that I kind of do struggle with a bit because there is, uh, um, and again, excuse my lack of language skills right now, but there is, while you could argue that they do appropriate some facts or some other people's stories, it's still their perspective. So I always, that the lens is the unique ownership part for me. And I, I, I struggle with that too, because as long as the facts are valid and in line with what occurred, the perspective part until it affects someone's like livelihood or the, the rest of their life. I, I, I don't want to interrupt, but in case anybody gets ready to phase me out of this conversation, I want to add one important thing, which is that there's a Supreme Court case that's very squarely on this subject. It's called Time Inc. versus Hill. Yeah. And it was argued at the Supreme Court by a, a, a famous Supreme Court advocate named Richard Nixon. I've heard that I'm guy. I'm going to have to read this. Don't taint Wait, that. Very What's problematic it? case with Richard Nixon. That is just like, like that is like totally uh, like out of like, totally irrelevant to the. So time be time he was be bitter held. to his dying day about having lost it. He too. was so, he he thought the supreme he thought the he thought the Warren Court was going to fuck him over because he was Richard Nixon. So time be hell is a case that uh, that is basically like a privacy First Amendment case, which was basically about. Uh, a, a family of five people in Pennsylvania that were taken hostage in their own house by like three escaped convicts. And uh, basically they eventually left without doing harm, but the whole thing got like all of this media attention. It was obviously very traumatic. And uh, am I telling this correctly, Mike? I think, or, or yeah, I hope I so, I mean, it, there's a there's a Life magazine uh, uh, depiction. The Life magazine, it. yeah. And then there's a and play. So, yes. So then, and someone wrote a novel about this. Okay, influenced by the news stories, and then the novel went on to be a Broadway theater production called The Desperate Hours, which is like the name oh, of this thing. And The Desperate Hours. So Time Time Inc. owned Life magazine, and so when the Hills sued sued Life sued Time. Uh, basically saying that like all of this like caused them like great psychological anguish to see their like life dramatized in this way and this was real events that happened to them and to see it kind of spun out into the ether like this was completely unfair and um the 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 holding of the case was basically if I'm like remembering correctly, is that basically like, like there's a law, a lot of breath that we will give to like the, the to like historical fiction, basically, to the idea that like, uh, that people are going to like kind of take these events and make freedom of, have the freedom of expression to like 
to to turn it into art um is that kind of the general idea and so the the hills lost basically like the like the family lost that's right yeah. uh now I, and i should say by the way that you can find on the internet uh recordings now of uh, nixon's oral argument which uh, i think is actually uh, pretty good Ooh. uh he lost uh, you know, his, his yeah, side lost, but I think he lost, he lost on the merits. It wasn't because, uh, Nixon yeah. was a bad advocate. He was a perfectly competent, uh, Supreme court advocate. If memory serves, he was then attached to the firm of blank Rome. Is that right? Uh, I don't remember. That's the kind of been. thing you would know. What, Normally, what yes. law firm was Nixon with between his governorship and his, uh, presidency. I believe it was blank Rome. You mean between his governor's race? Yes. He, he, sadly, never governor of California, per Richard. Uh, but if he'd been governor of California, he might never have been president. So there you go. Well, that's like a Paul's graph question for another day. It really does talk. You have to you have to really analyze foreseeability. Uh, to to get the the answer and you, and no one no two people will give the same answer. Oh, just Paul's graph is a famous case that teaches about foreseeability and causation it, that you learn in every every American legal student learns in torts class and so there are like a few memes in law school that you kind of have and I remember like teaching this to to um to uh, Genevieve, which are like, they're, they're just, they really, you should think of the cases as, me as memes. They're holdings and they are whatever, but they exist almost entirely at this point as like one very small idea that like everyone can touch. And the reason that they're taught is because they are this cultural reference point for a group of professionals. Uh, and it's like a joke that you get let in on to like, you know, to learn Paul's graph, to learn international shoe, to like learn, you know, some of these, uh, some of these cases. So yeah, to put anyway. it another way, the case is approximate cause of a lot of law student humor. Yeah. Oh, wow, Mike. Okay. Exploding now train humor. Yeah. No, now, now you're going, Mike, it's so good to see you. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Okay. Um, Eric Berg, where are you? bringing you back on hi i heard eric berg that you actually met irl with tim miller yeah we had a good afternoon while his husband watched his kid run around the uh around the park here in boise and well and we ran around the park with her in boise so it was a lot of fun excellent that's very fun he's uh, uh taller than you would think in real in real person, or I'm shorter. <laughs> I don't know which one way or the other. Maybe both. Yeah, maybe yeah. both. Um, Eric, I loved your question, but first I want you to answer it yourself. Okay. Um, I think this pretty well explains me as a person uh, to how I would have to pick either. I grew up in Salt well, Lake. First explain what your question was. Okay. What's the favorite Halloween costume you ever did? Um, and the two I would probably go for for me is one to explain. I grew up in Salt Lake and went to a Catholic high school um, and and didn't happen to be Mormon. Uh, so I dressed up as younger Berg instead of elder Berg for the uh, 
Halloween Ooh, dance. Niche joke, but pretty good. <laughs> I like it. I had this. I had the sign. I was wearing a black suit instead of like the white uh, thing, and I was carrying around. I think it was a Stephen Jay Gould book of some sort. Um, and then also when I was like twelve, I dressed up as Ross Perot and had a chart. <laughs> The kids had no idea what was going on. The parents thought it was hilarious. That's pretty excellent. That is um, really good. So, um, Ben, what's your favorite Halloween costume? That I've ever worn? Well, I think I've told you the gorilla story. Yes. Um, yeah, the psychological damage. <laughs> the, the, the damage that that did to my neighbor's child, I think, really has to rank it right up there. <laughs> Um, and so I'm going to go with that. I also once, um, in the spirit of dressing a baby up as a pumpkin, I once, uh, uh, told my then young son that I was going to, um, be a pumpkin head for Halloween to distribute the candy. And he didn't believe me, which meant that I had to do it. Um, so I carved out a jack-o'-lantern upside down cut a big hole in there and stuck it on my head, um, which was very fun um, and smelled really nice. Uh, it left a lot of pumpkin seeds and gloop in my hair, which I then <laughs> had more of than I do now. Um, but I think, uh, uh, yeah, I think I was, uh, uh, and then the next year I did that, but I intricately carved Barack Obama's face into the pumpkin. Oh, wow. Um, and so I was Barack Pumpkinhead. Um, which uh, a lot of the parents... That's not even, like, close to being a pun. No, it was not meant to be a pun. Okay. Because um, the first time was in one of the Wizard of Oz books, um, there's yes. uh, Jack Pumpkinhead. Yeah. And so I was supposed to... I was, like, going to distribute the candy as uh, uh, Jack o Pumpkinhead. Um, and then, uh, I, I don't know, it went from there... But it's actually pretty labor intensive to create a jack-o'-lantern that you can put over your head. So um, I only did it twice. Finding the right pumpkin because you need to like the right shape. You need the right size. I it imagine needs there to was be, a lot of. It needs to be big. And not too heavy, and you. Have to and and they're super enough. heavy. Yeah, like you have to like make it so that it sits on your shoulders. Because otherwise, it's pushing on here, and it's actually pretty hard, and it yeah. gets hot in there. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Genevieve? Um, well, I have I have my favorite, and then I have one that I really want to do at some point in my life. I will do it. Um, but the my favorite was when I was in third grade, I wanted to go as Amelia Earhart. And so I was all ready to go as Amelia Earhart. And like three days before Halloween, I was playing tag with this little boy who was one of my friends, and I thought he was super cute. And he was it. And I ran into a wall and got a black eye. So then I had to be a hockey player. And it was the most authentic <laughs> costume I've ever had. That is super cute. That yeah. is really cute. Um, okay, hold on. I found this. I'm going to share my screen. Tell me if it works. Uh, that is my... Um, can you see it? Excellent. Your prisoner costume. That was my prisoner costume. Hold on. This is this is the this is the prisoner costume. Um, KK, your parents were odd. 
I love this. <laughs> I know. I mean, this is a super odd costume to dress a kid up in. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's a little bit. It's oh, that's little, adorable. But this was like, this is me like looting like the, the candy bars. Uh, but the yeah. next question is, why is that not your Twitter? Uh, if like, if I had a costume like that picture of me, that would totally be my Twitter uh, ID. Um, just saying. I remember when you went through the phase, Ben, where you kept making your Twitter ID a lizard person. I'm not quite over that phase yet. <laughs> just, it's just in remission. Uh, Eric, thank you for your awesome question. I I run. I want pictures next time. See if you can find them of your costume. Well, okay, I'll look you around. Have a few, you have a few weeks to prepare. Um, so, no. So I don't make that my costume because, or I don't make that my Twitter thing because we had a few. So my family was super into Halloween. There were a few rules. Like there was a huge ritual about going to the pumpkin patch and getting pumpkins. There were massive decorations that happened on that. in our house. And like we had as many Halloween accoutrements, wreaths, candles, pumpkins, junk literally like this stuff would give john a heart attack if he ever saw like what like how much <laughs> crap that like my family accumulated for like one holiday and stored in an attic um but we had like my dad would go out on the roof and he made these giant spiders out of gar black garbage bags like the whole abdomen of the spider was a giant inflated black garbage bag and then like the head was a big like black balloon and then he like, made these like legs that came off and he put them all over the house and i mean it was like that was and you had to like the pumpkin carving was like a whole ritual we made the pumpkins later into pies and then like we saved all the seeds and uh yeah, anyways but basically the main thing was you couldn't go as the same thing twice and you had to wear something that could fit over a snowsuit because it was usually <laughs> snowing in Rochester for uh, for Halloween. And that was kind of, that was the deal. Um, Paula, are you there? Paula, what was your favorite Halloween costume from like five years ago? Because that was the last <laughs> time you had and, and what should Luke go as, as for, what should Luke do for Halloween this year? Okay, so I think my favorite one was when I went as a nun. Um, <laughs> I love that. And I think Luke should go as a Lisa Page puppet, like paper bag. You could use those like um, long trimming bags. Yes, it's very <laughs> cost efficient. Okay. And you should just wrap him in this afterwards and just keep it for a while. It's good. It's like one free diaper. Oh, mm -hmm. They're so expensive. <laughs> they're so expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I was a nun. And then one year, this was a disaster. I should have never done it. I went as Kesha. But as you can imagine, dressing up as Kesha at school is not an appropriate thing to do. <laughs> no, Paula. So, no. no. <laughs> not go like, well. There is no, like, one thing that Kesha is. Like, there's not like you could, like, do the voice, right? And everyone would be like, oh, yeah, now it's Kesha. Like, you could for share, right? You could wear a mini skirt and long hair and like have some type of like very aquiline nose. And then you could like do that, do you believe? And then like <laughs> everyone would like understand who you were, but like, what are you going to do 
like what are you gonna twerk in school to like show everybody that you're kesha like what are you even <laughs> well no it was in like seventh grade this oh, was the idea that i had um i wasn't allowed to wear don't make that your things. twitter profile that's my no. free advice for well, today <laughs> i wasn't allowed to wear scary costumes my mom like didn't let me like very catholic and like no skulls or like ghosts or things like that so very um not scary costumes so we went with kesha for the year um <laughs> i like it faces like okay so can i ask my question for you guys no okay later. <laughs> i'm just kidding yes so because of ben now i've gotten to meet a lot more lawyers on twitter <laughs> in a good way i don't know why because he's planning to sue me oh god so no, all god. the lawyers the whole plaintiff's bar has followed paula well, to, <laughs> to, to represent her in her in her suit against me oh lord um anyway. and i've actually been like thinking about this ever since I started at Michigan, but I, I just had a meeting with a professor today and she like asked me how I was liking law school and just, you know, this experience. And I was like, I'm surprised how nice everyone is. And not because I thought like everyone would be mean, but it's like, including Ben, Kate and you, Genevieve, like there's no reason for someone like Ben or Kate or you guys who are like really intelligent and have great careers like to like help a random person and I see this all the time on Twitter and all of the lawyers on there are super nice and it's actually kind of the dumb ones that seem to be jerks and maybe that's just my I have like, some things to tell you about experience. life someday but I'm not going to do it on a live stream <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay so maybe I'm wrong maybe I just had a really great experience so far but I haven't had a bad experience at least on like so far on Twitter with lawyers, everyone seems to be genuinely nice. Well, I, I mean, know. generally speaking, the light, the longer you are on Twitter, the more likely you are to have a bad experience writ large. And if you continue, continue befriending lawyers, probably more likely to have a bad experience with lawyers. But that being said, I do think that in particular, it's a performative community. So like, um, I don't think that people are gonna treat you like you're stupid. And if people tag you and like you're in a community of people who make it their business and jobs to That's teach true. young people the law, you're gonna have a really nice interaction. You're like, the, the bad reputation that lawyers get is that they represent people that people think are like print or against principles that they don't believe in or values that they believe in. And the lawyers either don't care about that type of principles because of the, the amount of money involved or because of like, uh, because of the amount of money involved or because of some deep seated belief in process and like other types of principles that they place above substantive ones. And so I'm kind of like describing criminal defense attorneys that people are like, how could you defend this serial rapist? And like, well, you believe that every person deserves defense. And so you decide to like represent them. But then I'm also taught, how do you defend like the tobacco companies? And it's like a little harder to sleep the night, but it helps if you have a hundred million dollar pillow. So like these are kind of like, these are kind of the, the raps that lawyers get. And the other thing is that the law is gray and that it's always easy to or argue, not easy. It's always possible to argue 
plausibly another side. And part of having an adversarial system is that you set yourself up to always be arguing a plausible side. Oh my God, are we going to be doing... Are we selecting another photo? Oh, this is... Ben. So many great lizard people photos. <laughs> These are amazing. This is definitely going to feed into like, the Illuminati QAnon conspiracy. I mean, ben, is I this going to be your Halloween costume this year? No, it's just going to, you know, cycle through. Kate reminded me that I hadn't done a cycle of lizard people profile pics in a while. Uh, so I just, you know, going to cycle some in. Sorry, I didn't I... mean to interrupt. No, 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 it's fine. That was pretty good. Um, anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to like be lecturing Paula about how lawyers are also. No, I mean that's people, why I like asked people. the question because it's totally possible that it's all. I don't want to say a facade, but it's like, I guess no, it would also it's not be a like, facade. I mean, like no, it's also you're, like, maybe you're connected to be a jerk. You're connected also. to a group of people who are pretty serious about uh, uh, talking about the law in public and educating people about law in public and, you know, and you're also uh, um, uh, connected to some people who weren't just nice and, um, and it's a, it's a sample size, nice people tend to surround themselves with nice people, which, mm -hmm. so, um, you know, just don't confuse it with reality, which is uh, not, nice. uh, not always nearly as nice. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I like I under been told that it's not going to do well for anyone to be a jerk because I mean obviously you're going to have to interact with these people even if they're on the opposing side of when you're doing something and you need something from them it's not going to be very easy to get something if you've been an asshole to someone your entire career. Yep. Well, it really depends. If you're enough of an asshole, people will pay money to make you go away. So there's people who live their so whole lives. That's, the key, that's the key lesson. If you're going to be an asshole, don't, really no half measures it. here, Paula. Do it professionally. Like, right? yeah. You want to like be a serious industrial strength asshole. You don't get, there's no half points in asshole class. Do you mean like go away into the ground? No, you, you, you got to either go... All in or don't try the asshole thing. You know, you can't, like, you don't get half credit for being, like, mostly an asshole. Okay. And half assholes constipated professionally. That's Ooh. the spirit. Well done. <laughs> yeah, that was, as always, Genevieve has a way with words. Paula, mwah, see you. Um, oh, you disappeared yourself. Wow. Um, the... Uh, I think that, oh, hello, hello, hello. Reverend Doctor. The very Reverend Hillary Livingston. How are you How are I you? Presume. It's Good. been a minute. Can nice you to see you. Me okay? I love yeah. your pumpkin. It's Thank so you. Cute. I'm all into fall. Happy fall, y'all. Mm -hmm. so it is fall. exciting. Does it feel like fall in Delaware? Because it sure does not here. It was no, 78 today. today. It was like Why are you wearing a tank top or a turtleneck, Genevieve? Oh, that, this was an emergency. I need a new shirt because the other one had stuff all over it. Oh, yeah, fair enough. There you go. <laughs> it was on the top of the pile. <laughs> there you go. I, I've had those days. Um, it's very warm here. It was like sun. It was like 80 degrees and it's still, the trees are still green and it's um, not very fall, but it's supposed to cool off, I think, next week. So, yeah. But um, So um, you had a 
Um, you had a suggestion, I think. I, I did. I think Luke should be Bob Ross. Oh. I think you should get him one of the, you know, the wig and like the little like paintbrush and happy maybe, trees. Like, what's that? Happy little trees. Happy little trees. Yeah, and you could somehow like maybe somehow get a little easel that could somehow, I don't know, configure some on. I just it, it would I really be so love this. cute. It would. It could He's, do. We could do like the fifteen days of the like I, a fifteen days of October or of like Halloween. Like do a thing. countdown. Yeah. Yeah. Would yeah. be really cute. I would retweet the heck out of that. I'm not on Twitter right now, but I would if I was. <laughs> I might come back just to retweet those. Um, that's a great. That's I really a great like pitch. that one. I um, think that would be really cute. And um, my favorite Halloween costume was when I was Pat Benatar. Or no, I was. Um, Laura, 80 singer Laura Brannigan in fourth grade. So, were you also Pat Benatar? No. Oh, just Laura Brannigan. Okay. And I just wore <laughs> clothes and carried a microphone because you couldn't really look up people and see what they looked like in the eighties. So I didn't really know what she looked like. Yeah. That's I true. mean, yeah. But I was super I, put out that people didn't immediately recognize me as Laura Brannigan. That's the problem with non-lizard people costumes. <laughs> yeah. Is that, you know, like when you go as Didn't a human. You know where you're going to go with that. And then No, I mean, you go as a human and like people might not put it together. People do, yeah. When you go as a lizard person, it's obvious. there's no doubt. It's out there. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Um, Ben, are you yes? going to be are we gonna do well? We don't have Halloween on the calendar, so um, Hillary, you're gonna be like a vote here. Should we do costumes for the for the cheese night before Halloween? It doesn't oh. actually fall on, I think, an, in lieu of fun day. No, yeah, no absolutely, it, it's on a Sunday I'm this year. I'm all about costumes. I would wear costumes every day of the year if it were socially acceptable. I love dressing up. So cool. All right. That's, we're we're taking it as a challenge there will be halloween cheese night sweet i can't go as a paper bag again i already did it and that's the rule in my family so i'll come up with something else there you go and i can't be a hockey player or amelia Earhart. <laughs> what if you See, just that's show problem. up when you and go then as you Amelia, would be amelia Earhart. when you go as amelia Earhart, <laughs> how do they know you're amelia Earhart? oh i have rather one of those than pilot leather like fake hats with like the big goggles and like the yeah, but like is but is like is that that photo of amelia Earhart in like her like period aviation gear like the charles Lindbergh area like the what like why did they wear those weird pants that were like riding pants like yeah. for the for for like i don't understand but anyways i also wore a name tag that said i am amelia Earhart. <laughs> <laughs> there you go that's what i should i should have worn a name tag that's what you should have done. I'm Laura Branigan. There we go. There, that like reminds me of like, um, uh, my, with the, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer joke in which, um, in which, uh, Willow dresses up as a knight and everyone is like, oh, you're a knight. And she's like, no, I'm Joan of Arc. I'm in service of God. And then her boyfriend is just like standing there in normal clothes and he has like a little name tag that says God on it. And he was like. Yes. <laughs> so does anybody here remember Jim Fix? Jim Fix was a fitness guru 
who wrote a book about like jogging, I think. Richard um, Simmons? No, no, no. His, his name was Jim Fix, W F I X X. No. And he um <laughs> not even close, Ben. I was just kidding. <laughs> I you never know when, when Kate's kidding and when she's just being naive or um I try to keep it that way so you don't know how serious I know I am. it's it makes for good conversation. <laughs> So Jim Fix uh, dropped dead of a heart attack very oh, young, um, oh and after writing a book about you know how to live forever by jogging, um, <laughs> and so a friend of mine decided to go for Halloween as Jim Fix. So he put on a death mask and a jogging suit, and nobody got it. So it was like, oh, oh man, you're death going jogging, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like oh. Uh, you're a skeleton out for a run, you know. Everybody, like, thought it was a great costume, but nobody got that he was Jim Fix. Um, dark. Should have worn a dark. That's actually <laughs> kind of awesome, though. Yes. But, like, can, I love ambiguous costumes because it's so interesting to see different people's, like, train of thought and what they contextualize your costume as. So yeah. I, I think that's really great. It's almost no, harder. It's harder to make one of those costumes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Reverend Doctor, it was great seeing you. Come back anytime. Um, note that note that uh, 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 Jim McGuckin and Mike Godwin, uh, Matt Clifford, Christopher Allen, Williams, they all remember. Drew Rickett even remembers what year he died. Uh, so like like the people who uh, who remember the eighties here are old. Well, don't but just <laughs> really remember Jim Fix. He was like part of our uh, he was part of our world, and so. Kenny Young was uh, uh, do like it was a smart Halloween costume. He needed the frickin' name tag. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I just want to say that when you say part of our world, the first thing that my brain goes to is Aladdin. So that's like that's the difference between your generation and my generation. <laughs> Andrew was burping Luke to the tune of the Little Mermaid, like the just beat. And I like knew what oh, it I was. Oh, I thought you meant like doing a beep, like burping no, out no, 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 no. He was like patting his back and weird. in like a percussive <laughs> pattern, and I just started like humming along. And he's like, "You got it! I knew you'd get it!" And I was like, "It's <laughs> very cute." <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I'm just sleep deprived. You're gonna be an amazing. Yeah, this is this is the beginning of an amazing. No amazing part of family. my world involves the Little Mermaid. Oh, but maybe it should. Actually, oh, no. Well, I don't know. Yeah, really? Well, I love the loom. Yeah, it's I, really good. I, I did too, but then I read this article that started sexy. diagnosing all the Disney princesses. And so now my whole perspective on childhood is don't like... Don't do that. I know. I ha but did you... Uh, there is a law review article about the law, the contract law of The Little Mermaid. Yeah. I have not read this, which I will get um, to. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I'll find it's, it. I, it's very funny. It's uh, you know about basically about the law of the whether Little there's like a whether it's a whether you whether it's Ursula, a legal contract. Ursula yeah. actually had a legal contract. Um, anyways, to, yeah, to you know, I like bring this. her back. Anyways, um, everyone, the cheese is gone. The cheese is gone. So cheese night is over. But Genevieve, loving having you back so much this week. It has Me been too. lovely to see your face. I uh, missed you guys. You've always, so, you're always welcome. I just know about that there's Luke? a lot going on. Pardon? What's the decision about Luke now that you've had an hour to vet it with the Greek chorus? Have you, have you decided? 
You have to keep. You. Okay. She's made a list. She'll get back and, to us. Uh, we'll just stay tuned. All right. Well, stay tuned. Maybe there'll be multiple co costumes. We'll see how. I also how, just want to uh, say there's always the option of a wheel of cheese. Um, yes. Because you know, it would be yummy. Wait to make him a wheel of cheese. Yeah, wheel of cheese. People costume. are, people are just gonna think he's like a circle. He no, with a work. wedge out of it. <laughs> okay. Come on, you you <laughs> could make a wheel of cheese costume that people would recognize. KK. I okay, think okay. I I think that would be a Gouda costume. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Oh Somebody's punchy today. Uh,